0: everybody i missed you guys thanks so much for the warm welcome i love it i love it god bless you guys thanks thanks so much for being here today you guys we are um i am super excited the team is super excited to be back and be spending this time with you guys it's it's cool it's cool we had a great epic trip the best trip yet it was it was really awesome got to touch a lot of lives and it was great but i'm so happy to be with you guys so happy to be with you today if you've been a part of the sundays previous to this we've been in a series that we're calling show your strength and so today we're in part five of our message series so if you have your bibles and you want to open open them up to judges chapter 15 feel free to open up your bibles to judges chapter 15 um, as we always do we also have uh everything electronically you can find it all on your phone if you have your electronic you want to look up judges 15 uh, one of the ways to do it is, is to, um, we have all of our message notes right in an app. So if you download the Version Bible app, we have a, an instructional video coming up right now. So you get the Uversion Bible app, you download it after you do that, you click on that, you go to the bottom right corner, and you click on the word more, and then once you click on that, events will come up. I'm sorry, I think events is first, and then you click, no, more is first. Yeah, more, and then events, and then you'll see Let's see, when he does it, boom, what happens to Vineyard, comes up, number one, because we are number one, in case you didn't know, and so all of our message notes, everything will be right there, so um, yeah, that's how you do it, all right, so um, next week, I'm really excited, because we're going to be wrapping up the series, and it is part six, and it is my absolute favorite part of this whole series. I've been thanking God, because there have been some folks that have come to me throughout the series that have uh told me what an impact that this series has made in their lives so i'm just thanking god and praising god for that so in case you're joining us i'm going to give you a little bit of the backstory on this very frustrating character that we find in judges 15 and his name is samson we've been looking at him throughout the series uh periodically and so we're going to go back and look at him and um if you don't know the story samson was actually called by god and set apart for a since birth uh, for a particular purpose he had been called to deliver the israelites from the hand of the philistines who were oppressing the people of god and so samson was given a supernatural ability this supernatural strength and in order to do what god had called him to do but what we're going to see and what, we, what we're going to see, and it is so common with many of us, is that this guy Samson had so much potential. Samson, again and again, though, he made these bad decisions again and again. And so in week one, we looked at three postures that sap our strength. We looked at Samson's life, and we learned that there was three postures that sap our strength. And so just to review, um, the first posture is lust. And it's where we say, I want it. I don't know if you remember when we did that in part one, kicked off. I want it. And that's what he did. Samson, he pursued this Philistine woman, something that he was forbidden to do. And then after he did that, the second posture um, or mindset was the entitlement. I deserve it. I deserve it. And as he went, he touched something that he wasn't supposed to touch because he had made this Nazarite vow. He touched this thing that made him unclean. And so he, he broke that vow. The third problem that we see in his life was pride. And it's where we say, you know, I, I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. And he was supposed to, in this Nazarite vow, he was supposed to not touch any form of alcohol and he did, he, he went around, he had a keg party, and he, he did something he wasn't supposed to do, and he thought he could handle it, he thought he wanted it, he thought he deserved it, but it just ended up upside down for his life, and then we saw that our spiritual enemy, Satan, he loves to make those people who are strong, he loves to make them weak, and the good news is though, that God loves to make the weak strong, he loves to do that, can somebody say yes? Yes, and so we also covered in the series what we believe to be one of the most common, common problems many of us have. Samson was emotionally, emotionally driven, not spiritually led. He was emotionally driven, not spiritually led, and we watched him give in to his emotions over and over and over again, and he hurt so many people in the process. And, And then we looked at the emotion of anger, and the emotion of pride, how we allow our emotions of anger and pride to lead us instead of not being spiritually led. And so we saw Samson, as with many of us, we, we want to be the main character of the story. But the truth is we found out in that message was that God is always the main character. He's always the main character. And then we also talked about how Samson, how he had killed a thousand men at one point. And he kind of came to the realization where he was like, uh-oh, wait a minute. I just killed a thousand. I am public enemy number one. At first, I killed all these people. Now it's not just a few Philistines coming after me. Now it's like possibly the whole nation wants to grab me, crucify me, torture me. You know, and we learned this principle that when, and he was in the desert, right? He ran to try to get away from all the Philistines and he was in this desert and he was dying of thirst. And we learned this principle that when a man allows his deepest need to drive him to God, what will God do? God will meet his deepest need, and so we pick up the story today, well, we look again at what we looked at in the past, but then we're going to take off from there, okay, you guys ready, and so Samson is in the desert again, right, that's where we left him off the last time we talked about Samson, he's in the desert, and he's very thirsty, and he cries out to God in Judges chapter 15, verse 19 says this, then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi, and water came out of it, and when Samson drank And he turned back to God. He again, his strength returned, and he revived. You guys see that? He turned back to God, and he again got strength, and he was revived. Let's keep reading. So the spring was called En-Hakor, and it is still there in Lehi. Verse 20 says, Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. So let's just pause here for a moment. If you're not careful, you can just read this really quick, this verse read it over, and miss the power, something amazing that is in this verse. In fact, it's kind of like the first really good news we have of Samson, right? Because all he's been doing up until this point is these bone-headed decision after bone-headed decisions, but here is some really good news, because in this one verse, it captures 20 years, 20 years of, of, of apparent faithfulness that Samson had, Samson had just had an experience with the living God. As he was in the desert, he was revived, and he was refreshed. And all of a sudden now, he's on the right track, doing what he was created to do. And one verse summarizes it all for us in in that verse. The next 20 years, it says, he led faithfully as a judge over Israel. And so we're going to watch, though, tragically, as Samson has 20 years and this guy who's doing so well, honoring God, serving him, as many of you I know are as well. Um, but at the end of this study today, at the end of our talk, we're going to see a guy with so much God-given potential make some really poor decisions, ending up with his eyes gouged out, with his hands shackled. He's the laughingstock in front of his enemies, the Philistines, and it raises the question, it raises the question, how could someone with so much strength, with so much God-ordained potential, mess up his life so badly? How could he do that? And the answer is in our key thought for today. The key thought, as you, as we hear, we go through, navigate these waters today, we have one key thought, and that is this. Samson, he didn't ruin his life in, all at once. He ruined it one day at a time. Samson didn't ruin his life all at once. He ruined it one day at a time. And that's the title of our message today, of our talk. One day. It's one day. And the same way many today will mess up their lives, most of them, they don't do it all at once. How do they do it? Help me out. They do it one day at a time. They mess up their lives one day at a time. And we'll watch it unfold here in the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 1. And we just read you know, that he spent 20 years, good years, and then the Bible says what? One day. You see that? One day. One day. Everybody say one day. One day day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. So stop here, wait a second. 20 years of doing the right thing. 20 years of being good. And then the Bible says one day. It's interesting to me how there's another story in the Bible that we read about his name is King David. If you've ever read his story, he went, he, it says that, he, he sa- it says actually the very first, it says one day. You read the very first, same story. Uh, I mean, you read the story and the same words again. One day. If you read the story about King David, he, he went out and he had this affair with Bathsheba and the story sa- starts out the same way. Scripture says One day, one day, when kings are supposed to be off to war, David wasn't at war. And he was walking around the palace and he saw Ba 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 Hubba Baba Semesale <laughs> Bathsheba. He saw her wowzers. He saw her. She was, whoa, check that out. And it was just one day. One day. We can start making bad decisions. One day that lead us into a step-by-step downward spiral, and we're going to watch as this happens to Samson. One day, Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute, and he went to spend the night with her. Verse 2, the people of Gaza, these are the Philistines, they were told, Samson is here, so they surrounded the place, and they lay in wait for him at night at the city gate, and they made they made no move during the night saying at dawn we'll kill him and so now what's what what, what's significant about this what's significant about this is that Gaza you guys in case you don't know was the headquarters for the Philistines it was like the place the, the central command so Samson could have picked any town to go in But no, he chooses chooses the headquarters to go in. I mean, talk about a knucklehead, right? He chooses this, right? So Samson goes into Philistine territory, right into leadership square, if you will, to get a prostitute. He travels 25 miles to go and risk 20 years of faithfulness. Now that raises the question, who do you and I know that would be so knuckleheaded that would do something like this, they would, you know, I think knuckleheaded is kind of like a northern term, I don't think we say that in South Florida, but the only term I could think of in South Florida is not appropriate for church, so we will not say it, we'll just go with knucklehead, okay, but who do you think would risk so much for so little, and the answer is what, people that you and I know, all around us do it, our friends, our family members, Our co-workers do it every single day. I mean, good marriages, good integrity, good ministry, good careers, all of these good things, and they'll risk it all for a quick fix, for a sexual hit, for a quick experience. Who would risk so much for something so little? Well, the problem is so many folks do it all the time. Now, think about this. I was thinking, you know, because a pastor, I only work one day a week, right? So I have all this time, extra time on my hands. So I was thinking about 25 miles, and I was, I was trying to, I was thinking, you know, I've done marathons, I feel like in another life, not anymore, you can probably tell. But in, I used to do marathons in 24.2, or 26.2, anyway, yeah, 26.2. And, and I was thinking, man, if I had to walk that, surely it would take me more than just a day, a couple days. So I was thinking about Samson as he's walking on this 25-mile journey to Gaza. And I'm thinking, dude, maybe the first day he stops, and then the next day he picks back up. I mean, let's say two days. He had two days to change his mind. Two days, and he didn't. He, was, he, just, he just kept going. now, my wife, she, uh, she's got this little cool watch that's a Fitbit, and so she's all about her steps, Right? all about her steps and when she gets her goal step the phone lights up and it's really cool and so it got me thinking about steps and I thought how many steps because this is all I do all week right how many steps would it take for Samson to walk 25 miles and so I did a little bit of the math I asked Siri did some google searching math so and it takes about 50,000 steps 50,000 steps I was thinking about that. I was thinking about, you know, these are 50,000 steps to the wrong place. I think that's 50,000 opportunities to turn around and go the right way, to turn back and say, I'm not, he had 50,000 opportunities to make the right decision. And here's the problem that most of us, many of us have, is that many of us, we don't really plan to mess up. That's not like, you know, my 10-year goal is that I become a porn addict, right? Is that I have more, I'm more addicted to this visual thing than to my wife. That's not anybody's really 10-year goal. And so, you know, people don't wake up thinking, you know, I'm just going to live in this fantasy world that I can't have any kind of real meaningful relationships you know, experiences. I'm just going to obj- objectify men or objectify women and and get lost in this fantasy world. You know, I don't know a single person that goes into it thinking that beforehand. I don't know a single person that thinks about that. You know how it happens though? How it happens is we, we're on our electronics, right? And we're We're scrolling through wherever we're at. It could be the sports or, because it's on everything, the news or our favorite TV show, and all of a sudden an ad comes up. We're like, whoa, and we click on the ad, right? And then we go, whoa, and then there's another ad, and we click on that, and then we keep clicking, and all of a sudden we spiral down a row, an area. We find out, we're like, where, how did I get here, I just kept clicking, all of a sudden, I'm in this, I never intended to be here, and it happens, you know, I, I don't know anyone that their goal is to be financially broke, right, they, they never wake up thinking, you know, I just want to be, I want to be, bro- I want to be mega broke, no, I, I, I want to be embarrassingly broke, no, nobody wakes up thinking that, but what happens, we say, oh, that boat, oh, that new iPhone, Oh, that car. Oh, those golf clubs. Oh, gambling. Oh, that multi-level marketing job. I mean I can get out of debt this way if I get involved in this, but we don't even know, you know, we start a new business, but we don't even know how to balance our checkbooks, but we want to take all this risk. And you know, step by step by step, one day, one day we wake up and we are in big, big trouble. Can somebody say yes? I don't know a single person that has ever said, man, I've got a good marriage and my kids like me and things are going well and I think, you know what, I'm just gonna mess it all up with an affair right now. I don't know anybody that does that. You know, I was just walking along one day and all of a sudden I saw this bed I was passing by and I just kinda saw this woman and I tripped into the bed and and this woman was naked and I just, I don't know how, my clothes came, no, it doesn't happen that way, right? It doesn't happen that way. Here's what happens. We're walking along in our job or wherever we're at, and we see someone and we're like, oh, kind of attractive. And we smile and we flirt, and then our flirtation gets reciprocated. And then all of a sudden we start texting and texting back. And then it leads to touching and touching back. And then before we know it, we're lost. Everything. We we, we ruin our lives. We don't do it all at once. We get ourselves in big trouble. How do we do it? We do it one day at a time, one step at a time. And so what I want to show you in these next few moments as we have together is I want to show you there are three one days in Samson's life, three. And we're going to talk about all those three. The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. Samson, one day, Samson taunted his enemy, one day. And again and again, we watch this as he does this to the Philistines, okay? Verse 3. But Samson lay there. He's shacking up with this all-too-friendly female, right? We know she is. Um, and he, he decides to, in the middle of the night, now mind you, the Philistine army, the enemy, was waiting until dawn, until just when the sun was about to come up, they're hiding out, ready to attack where he's at and kill him and take him into, or at least take him into custody. But he doesn't wait till dawn. He has no idea, but he doesn't wait till dawn. He gets up, the Bible says here, in the middle of the night. And then he got up and he took hold of the doors of the city together with two posts. And he tore them loose, bar and all. And he lifted them to his shoulders. And he carried them to the top of the hill of the face of Hebron. Now, what did he just do, you guys? What did he do? He just took these doors off with hinges and everything, frame and all, he just ripped it out of where it was, and he lifted up, I I was reading the commentaries this week about this, and, and it wasn't like hollow doors like we have here at our church, you know, like one kick and it breaks, no, these are, the one commentary says they're 700 pound doors, and he just lifts them above his head like this, which by the way, this is what I do, 700 pounds right here, I can do that in my dreams, and then I wake up, but you know, this is what he's doing, and everybody's looking at him, and what is he doing, because the doors, they symbolize something, they symbolize for the Philistines, the enemy, they symbolize security, that they are safe, and Samson says, you think you're safe, watch this, I just pulled these doors out of the wall, post and all, post and all and he lifts them up above his head and he's just showing them they say you ain't safe with me around no matter how safe you think you are not safe i am here he says and he's showing them and he, he, and so what is he doing he's taunting the enemy and i think often we often underestimate and we forget about the reality the reality that we have a spiritual enemy whose mission is to what to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not out to just hurt you and just like get you to limp. No, he's out to hurt you, to destroy you. Everything that matters to God, scripture says, our enemy roars around like a lion seeking someone to devour. And I hope you will understand, Satan doesn't just want to wound you and hurt you. He wants to destroy and devour you. And we will taunt and underestimate the enemy, how? By putting ourselves in positions of temptations, places of temptations over and over again. Some of you have decided that you're just gonna be really different than the world is, and you're not gonna live like everybody else, and so you're just gonna make, you're gonna make some God-honoring decisions, but the problem is, even with our sex life, we're like, we're married, I'm not gonna you know dabble, I'm not gonna even go there, but the problem is, what do we do? We go out to places that are setting us up for failure, you know, some of you have decided, you know, you're single, you're like, I'm, I'm gonna wait till I get married to have sex, right, and then you go, and you get a girlfriend, you say, no, no, but spend the night, but just spend the night with me, what are you doing, you're putting yourself in a compromising position, where you're gonna fall, or someone who's married, you go out on a business trip, and your coworkers are like, hey, we're going to happy hour, let's go to happy hour together, and so you go, and you're like, one drink, two drinks, three drinks, right, and you're like, all of a sudden, you're putting, four drinks, you're all of a sudden, you're putting yourself in a very, there's temptation all around you, and what are you doing? You're just taunting the enemy, or financially, you might be strapped, and and you're tight, and you're like, well, hey, let's just go walk around the car lot. We're not going to buy anything, (laughs) but we're just going to walk around the car lot. What are you doing? You're taunting the enemy, right? You're taunting, look what the scripture says. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Be careful, be careful. Everybody say, be careful, Samson. So the one day, the first one day is that he taunted the enemy. The second one day is that he rationalized the same old sin. One day, he rationalized the same old sin he had. You guys know in part one of our series that, that Samson went to Timnah looking for a Philistine woman, right? We just read that he went for a prostitute in Gaza, another Philistine woman. And now we're gonna see in the scriptures another one. Look what he does. <coughs> Excuse me. get some water here. <coughs> Are you guys enjoying this? Yeah. I am so glad to be back. You have no idea. I love my church. I love you guys. This is so fun. Watch what happens here in verse 5. <clears throat> so the Bible says, the rulers of the Philistines went to Delilah and said, wait, I'm sorry, I messed it up, I messed it up, I messed it up. Hold on, where are we? There it is, verse 4, you guys ready? Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sarech whose name was, help me out, was what? Delilah. Delilah. I don't know, every time I hear that name, I want to dedicate a love song to somebody, you know? Some of you guys are like, love song, I don't get it. That's before your time, don't worry, to skip it. We're gonna keep going, okay? Um, so here's what he's doing. Now this is the third Philistine woman. Somebody he was, God told him, I don't want you to do this, I don't want, I'm forbidding you to go after women who, who worship false gods. But he still, he rationalized his sin. And we're often masters at rationalizing the same old sin, aren't we? I don't know how you do it, Right? I don't know how you do it, but for a lot of us, it's like, well, hey, it's just my little thing it's not affecting anybody right it's just you know i, I overall I'm a pretty decent human being overall. I just have this this one thing i i' I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect I, i'm a good I'm a good person, but I just have this one thing. It's just this one, and it doesn't affect anybody. I mean, it's just my thing, right? If my spouse, if my significant other would just meet my needs, then I wouldn't have to, but because she doesn't, you follow my rationale? My rationale? It makes sense, right? But, but, you know, it's just my one little thing, and it doesn't affect anybody else. It's just my thing. Isn't it amazing how we do this, how we rationalize our thing? It's nobody's business, We're masters at rationalizing the same old sin, and that's what Samson does. Watch what happens in verse five. The Bible says this. The rulers of the Philistines, they went to Delilah and said, see if you can lure Samson into showing you the secret of his great strength, and how can we overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him? And so what they did is they bribed her. They gave her a bunch of silver, a whole lot of money, and she was like, okay, would you do that okay sure when she saw the cash she's thinking bling bling and so yeah i'll try to get the secret out of him and you can read the whole story in verses 6 through 14 but i'm going to give you the real short version here right she tells she she goes to samson and she says samson tell me tell me the secret of your strength day after day and then one day he says okay i'm going to tell you and he tells her a lie but he tells her, he starts getting it out, if you wrap my arm, my hands, and my feet, you bound me with these new straps, they have to be new leather straps, wrap me seven times, wrap me up, then I'll be like, and he says, I'll be weak like any other man, like I guess he's calling everybody else weak, and he's strong, I'll be weak like any other man, and so she believes him, she, he goes to sleep, wraps his arms, wraps his ankles, and says, "Samson, the Philistines are upon you." What does he do? Whoosh, breaks the straps. It was nothing for him, and that's and so she's like, "Wait, you lied to me." So she goes, "You lied. You got to tell me the truth. Come on, why you lied?" And so, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. And so, one day, he tells her, "All right, it's it's not straps. It's new rope. If you get new rope." You bound me a new rope, then I'm going to be as weak as any other man, and so she believes him, wraps him in the rope, and Samson, the Philistines, whoosh, breaks it open, and he's fine. What? You lied to me again. Come on, said You don't love me. You told me you would tell me, and you don't tell me. Come on. So after day after day, and then one day, Samson says, okay, it's my hair. It's my hair. Oh, really? Yes. If you weave, braid my hair into the fabric, then I'll be as weak as any other man. And so she believes him and does it. And he wraps his hair. She, she braids his hair into the fabric. Samson, the Philistines! And he yanks off, he breaks the... I don't know what I did. He yanks, breaks off the, the, the braided hair. Everything is fine. he gets got his strength. He's ready to go. Subdues the Philistines what, you lied to me again, come on, come on, you're lying, you don't love me, and she's going on and on and on, and, and finally, he's like, okay, I'll tell you what it is, I'll tell you what it is, okay, and here is this, he says, let's uh, look at verse 15, watch what she does, right, verse 15, she said to him, how can you, sorry, I should have said that in the woman's voice, how can you, but I can't keep that up, so I'm just going to pretend. You guys, just imagine I'm using the woman's voice. She says, how can you? I love you. How can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and you haven't told me the secret of your strength. And watch what happens in verse 17. And so he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head because I've been a Nazarite, set apart to God since birth from my mother's womb. Remember, I don't know if you guys remember his Nazarite vow. We talked a little bit about that at the beginning of our talk. Don't get drunk, right? Don't touch anything unclean. And the last one was, don't snip, snip your hair. Don't cut your hair. And he said, if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. And I love the part where he says, I was set apart to God since birth. You see that there? There's almost a a sense that he's remembering for a moment who he was, remembering for a moment who God had created him to be. It's almost as if he's remembering, you know, that, that, that God had something special for him. And I would say very respectfully that there are a lot of you a lot of us today, that you've forgotten who you are. You've forgotten who God has created you to be, that God didn't just put you on this earth to take up space, Uh uh-uh. God didn't put you on this earth just to be semi-successful in a job. God put you here to utilize you, to utilize your gifts, the passion, the calling that he's given you to glorify him and make a difference in this world. And sometimes you just have to remember, I was made for more than just this. I was made for more than this. And Samson, he's also glimpsing back that way, but then he says, hey, the secret of my strength is my hair. Remember, at the beginning of this verse, he told her everything. Verse 19, scripture says, having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And so began to subdue him. And what happened? Everybody, read this aloud. The Bible says what? And his strength left him. And his strength left him. I wonder how many of us, out of disobedience to God, are doing battle every single day of our lives in our own strength. Not in God's strength, but in our own strength, forgetting to tap in to the power of God, God, God's strength left him. What did he do? He didn't just mess his life up at once. He did it one day, one day at a time. One day, he taunted the enemy. One day, he rationalized his own sin. And the third one is, one day, he got caught. One day, Samson assumed his disobedience would never cost him. One day, Samson just assumed that his disobedience would never cost him, would never catch up to him. Like so many today, they assume, hey, I can get away with it. It's not hurting anybody. It's just my little thing. Who is it really affecting anyway? I'll just do what I always do. I'll come back home, and I'll just talk my way out of it like I've done so many other times. But there's gonna come a moment where that spouse of yours, where that significant others of yours is going to say, that's enough. I don't want to hear it anymore. Where you're going to go to your kids and you're going to say, I'm sorry, just this, that was the last time I promised. And they'll say, that's it, dad. That's it. I don't want to hear it again, mom. That's it. Look at verse 20. Then Delilah called out, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he awoke from his sleep. And what did he think? He thought, this is just like old times. I did it, I've done it over and over again for so long, for over 20 years. I've d- I'll just do this again like I've always done it, right? I'll shake myself free. It won't cost me anything. But he didn't know, the verse, the verse says there, he didn't know that the Lord had left him. He thought to himself, I'll just go out like I've done these last three times with, when I told him about the straps and the ropes and the, the braid the hair into the fabric. But he didn't know that things had changed. That one day of reckoning, one day had come. May I say humbly that there may come a time where you've gotten away with it again and again and again and nobody has found out yet or no one has held you accountable, but you may go back one day thinking you can talk your way out of it again and again like you've done in the past, and they're gonna say, no, not this time. You might go to your boss and you say, just give me one more chance. I promise I won't do it again. Just let me off, won't you, just this last time, and your boss is gonna say, no, sorry, can't do it this time. The truth is we often get away with it forever. Most of us get away with a lot for a long time. And this is what Samson is thinking. I'll just do it like I did it last time. I'll shake myself free. But he didn't even realize eventually that his sin would overtake him, that his sin would overpower him, that his sin would overcome him. Because, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, your sin, the scriptures teach us, will find you out. It'll expose you. He thought, I can get get away with this again like I have so many times. It's not going to cost me. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. Verse 21, here's the tragedy. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged his eyes out, and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to grinding in the prison. How did a man with so much God-given potential end up in such a bad place? He didn't do it all at once. He did it one day at a time. And so here's the deal. For many of you, this is a moment of truth right now. This is a moment of truth where I want, well, and what I want to do is I want to ask you very sincerely. And you know what? I want to dare, I, I want to dare you. I, in fact, I want to double dog dare you. Okay, whatever it takes. I want to, whatever it takes. I, I want you to be really honest and answer this question. Where are you today is this is this going to be the day the one day that you're going to turn around is this going to be the one day that you're on step number one on your trip to Gaza or step on step number 49,999 where are you (coughs) here's the thing for some of us it could be something as simple as you're a follower of Jesus but you really haven't been spending time with God You haven't been spending time in the word <clears throat> You haven't been spending time In prayer oh everything looks good On the outside right You look good on the outside <clears throat> But inside right Inside is where is where you've been Drifting you, you've been letting yourself You know uh, on the outside Things look good but on the inside You know you're it's like Samson Samson's hair was still long But he had drifted There was something inside of him. The outward sign looked good, but inwardly his heart was drifting. And so for others, it could be lust. It could be lust. You say, you know what? I want it. I've got it. It could be lust for the things of this world, or it could be entitlement. I deserve it. I just, you know, it could be pride. I can handle it. I got this. It could be anger. It could be apathy and passive living. This is the other side, right? You're aggressive in so many ways, but you're not being the leader that God has called you to do where you should be. It could be greed. You're caught up in this world. It could be that financially you're disobeying God in one way or another. It could be any number of things, and I just want to challenge you to have the courage. Have the courage to be honest about where you are and just to answer truthfully. Where are you stepping away from God? Where are you in your one day? Where are you? Because I'm going to tell you something else. You are only as strong as you are honest. You're only as strong as you are honest. Where are you stepping away from God? And what I want to do, I want to summarize this whole message with just this one picture, this short moment right here. Here's the best picture I can give you, okay? If you are On your one day, stepping, your your one day where you're taking step number one towards drifting away from God, or you're on step number 49,999. You're one step away. This is maybe the last opportunity. What do you have to do? It's very simple. Watch this. This is all you have to do. It's not complicated. It, It could seem so very simple, but this is so profound. You ready? This is what you have to do. Turn around and head towards God. God is the cross, and start taking these steps this way. Just go towards Him. Is it gonna be your one day where you turn around, or is it gonna be the one day where you you keep taking your steps away from God? Look at verse 22. I, I, I love this. Verse 22 says this, and this is, to me, um, his, this is God's mercy, okay? It's put together in one verse. This is what the scripture, it captures God's love and grace. And this is, this is what the verse, the verse says. says. Samson is there, he shaved his, his head is shaved, right? He's publicly humiliated. And look at verse 22, are you ready? But the hair on his head, the hair on Samson's head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Why is this verse there? Because that's just how good God is. That's just how good God's grace is. Even though he had outwardly disobeyed, God said, that which gives you strength will grow again. It ain't over. And next week, we're gonna see that just because a man is down does not mean he's out. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times and every single time he rises again. Satan loves to make strong men and women weak, but God, our God, loves to make the weak strong. One day, if you've stepped away from God, you can turn back and God will be there to make your hair grow again. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you right now. Father, I pray that your spirit would speak today in a profound way, and that our hearts would be open to what you would say to all of us. And as you're praying right now, those of you who would just say honestly, men and women, if you would just say every, every single one of you, I've stepped away. I've stepped away in some area, and today I'm turning back. Would you just stand with me right now? Just be really, really honest and stand with me right now. And, and by standing, you're saying, in some area of my life, I've stepped away. And, and lots of people are standing up. I love it. I'm going to pray. God, I thank you for those who are so honest and so sensitive to the loving conviction of your spirit. And God, I thank you today that you're showing us lovingly areas of our life that are out of your will. God, I thank you for your grace that if we're, we're on a step one or step 500 that we have got the opportunity to stop and turn back to you. And God, I thank you that it is not too late, that your grace is still here. And so now, God, I pray that you would give us the courage to do not only what your word says, to confess it to you, because we know that you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us, but God, I pray that we would have the courage to confess to one another to our spouses, to our best friends, to our small group, to others, because we know that when we confess our sins to one another and pray for each other, we can be healed. And God, I pray that your spirit would give courage and power to be honest, because God, we know we're only as strong as we are honest. And God, I thank you today that as we're stepping in the wrong direction, that we will turn around and we will meet you and we will be different, God, because of your grace and because of your goodness.